Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. My name is Nasser Pasha and I have a Jolly Rancher in my mouth. Could have just waited. And I'm Matt Staub and I'm saying you could have just waited for however long it takes. I thought it would be uh, melted by now. What flavor? Or I don't know if it melts or it's uh, sour or apple. Ugh. I think the, the best best flavor. The worst probably. Really? That's the best. That's the only one I think I really like. Well, I... If you ever noticed, actually, I don't know about maybe the green ones, but it seems like every time someone has Jolly Ranchers on their desk or like when you walk into a building, it's always grape. No one ever has the grape <laughs> ones. I actually like the grape and the green ones. All, all the red ones kind of just mash into each other, like watermelon and cherry. And Yeah, you can't decipher one. For, it's just red. I mean, it should just be colors. <laughs> cherry, strawberry, watermelon, raspberry. And blue. Yeah. Blue's usually raspberry, I think. Yeah, but blue, it tastes unnatural. Not that any of these others taste natural, but... Well, like, at least the sour apples are usually green. Not that yeah. the skin of the apple is produced in the Jolly Rancher, but yeah. <laughs> blue raspberry is obviously very unnatural. Yeah, exactly. Not that any of them are very authentically flavored but in terms of juice, but... Anyways, I don't think that's what we're talking about today. Let me make sure. Nope, we're not... <laughs> Any smooth transition into to this? I don't think so. No, I mean, there probably is, but I'm not going to even go for it. So this is pretty interesting. I don't know if we've ever talked about a sign language related issue before. No, and I know we haven't because if we did, I would have definitely mentioned that I took a couple semesters of sign language in college, which was awesome. I still know like some of the basics, so I can kind of eavesdrop on a lot of people's conversations from a distance. Which is very rude and, and taboo. And What's a, So my question, why did you take those classes? I have no idea. In fact, my wife asked me the same thing. Like, I don't know why you took those classes because I met, I met my wife in a foreign language class, so I didn't need it for <laughs> a language credit. I think I just did it because I was just interested in it. Well, that's what I was going to ask because my wife, they had to take a some sort of language class and she opted for sign language. So, but that wasn't the case with you, I guess. No, I, I've taken first year languages, many, many different languages. I'm not fluent in any other language, but I've taken a lot of first for like one year or so. You basically can say my name is whatever, you know, yeah. in every language, but precisely. Yeah. How are you? And then just nothing. Correct. Which I'm not sure which is better, <laughs> which I would rather be, but fluent in one. Well, I guess fluent in multiple languages. I assume you're fluent in, at least in English. Barely. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, anyways, I can say my name. And that's it. <laughs> I could do an introduction of a podcast. Yeah. Uh, well, anyways, this is a sign language based story we're talking about, which actually falls under disability, which we'll get to. But let me tell some backstory. So this Starbucks in Arizona, and there's a couple, I've read a couple different stories on this. So I'm going to pull the facts from one of them. And if it happens to be off, then I'll blame this specific article, but there's a woman that worked at Starbucks from 2007 to 2014. So that's you know, a pretty good amount of time. She was doing sign language from the beginning of 2007 throughout the duration of her employment. And so she was working there, no problems. They provided reasonable accommodations for her to work there as they required to, and as they have actually in their policy as well for employees. And then it looks like in, 20, in late 2012, there was a new store manager that came in 
and refused to give her a printed work schedule that she could read, or sorry, refused to give her a printed work schedule and required her to read from a posted list, which for her was difficult. I, I guess the issue was she could do sign language, but she can't fully read everything. I mean, even though she can lip read and so forth, sign language is a completely different language. And, you know, where you put the adjectives and the nouns in a sentence, it's very similar to other foreign languages, but it's very different than than English. So I can understand what she means by that, you know, a little bit. But obviously, I mean, without being born in, in that kind of community, it's really hard to tell. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I think, one of the first time I looked at that, I didn't really understand it, but then I thought about it and it made sense. Because if you're just signing things, then why would you necessarily be able to read as, you know, whatever. So 2013, she had some tattoos. They had this new tattoo policy that they put in place um, because she had some tattoos on her hands. And I think we covered that issue, didn't we? Yeah. (laughs) So we have actually kind of covered this before, but I don't know if it was this specific. No, I think we, we covered the policy in general. I don't know if it was this specific person. So she tried to comply couldn't because she couldn't afford laser removal of her tattoo. So this is just showing how much she wants to work at Starbucks. I mean, we're, we're kind of <laughs> giving the history here. And I guess they've since changed their policy. It wasn't an issue. So then in 2014, January 2014, which is the last year she worked there, she received a negative work review. I guess she mixed up the dates at a meeting. Something happened, and at the next time the managers brought in a sign language interpreter, I guess at this, whatever the final meeting was, she was fired. So so they brought in a, an interpreter to fire her, basically, it sounds like. Yeah. It sounds like at the beginning, they would provide whatever accommodations that she needed, and then at some time in the last couple of years, it looked like when there was new management that got in there, that's when things kind of changed, and the same sort of accommodations weren't supplied. And the importance behind this is, you know, why I keep saying these certain words is they have to provide her reasonable accommodations to be able to perform her job with her disability of only being able to do sign language. Yeah. And this whole reasonable accommodation, which applies to basically from a federal perspective, 15 or more employees from, if you're in California, then you have the federal employment and housing act, which is five or more employees. Uh, This whole quote, reasonable accommodation is very misleading. I don't know how many times I've had clients tell me, well, okay, well, what's the standard? And they read this, they go online, and they, they read reasonable accommodation. And I go, and they say, well, look, it's not reasonable. It costs too much money. And the problem is, is that's not the standard. Whether you believe it costs too much money or it's not reasonable, so to speak, is unfortunately not the standard. The devil's in the details. You really have to look into circumstances and it matters the size of your company, what's the actual accommodation. And the most important part is going through that process, which point being is that this is not easy for anybody, including, you know, a large corporation like Starbucks. You always like to use that phrase, devils in the details. Yeah, I'm obsessed with the devil. (laughs) The EEOC actually provides a few examples for specific to sign language. And one is an employer is impressed with a resume they get, they find out the applicant is deaf, and they decide not to do the interview because they don't want to have to bring in a sign language interpreter. That's going to be a problem. Another issue is, or sorry, they can't do that. Another one is the employer offers optional training. The deaf employee wants to participate, so they need to bring in a, a sign language interpreter. The employer doesn't want to do that, provide that accommodation. That's also not going to be allowable or allowed by the employer. So, I mean, those obviously are two 
I think more obvious examples of reasonable for, for someone that's deaf, I think it's going to be the reasonable accommodation is going to be to able to provide somebody to be the interpreter between the employee and whoever. Yeah. I mean, so I think it's, those are more straightforward. Now, I don't think they're asking for, you know, to hire a whole second employee to follow this person around while they're performing their job. And, and I think in your first example, that's what I think an employer would be scared of is, okay, they find out that the person's requesting an interpreter and they're like, okay, well, that's not going to work out. And that doesn't work. I mean, people that are hearing impaired are able to function in a lot of different job functions without having to have a 24-7 interpreter. And, and, and there's a million reasons. Just forget about lip reading, just technology alone or the different types of job functions. So it's an interesting trap that anyone can fall under. But, but what about Starbucks? I mean, it's not like they know the law. So, I mean, but they, and they have plenty of policies to prevent against these kinds of things. Well, yeah, it's, it's funny because they have on their take of things, they have this creating a deaf friendly environment course for all partners and offering sign language interpreting services for deaf partners and partners. These are the people that work there as well as real time captioning, communication equipment, video captioning, flashing strobe lights, <laughs> signalers for emergency evacuation. Okay. So they have this policy in place. I mean, that's specifically in their own policy that they have for their employees. But to me is what it sounds like is new management came in this particular store and just didn't want to do it. Yeah. So I don't think it's hard to really pin this on Starbucks, but. And let's assume that for for the sake of discussion that this employee has, her facts are correct and accurate and all that. This is not uncommon. You have a policy company top to bottom and you have it written down somewhere, but then it's all in the implementation. And all you need is some rogue manager that either didn't take the training seriously or chooses not to, or isn't paying attention or whatever. And now you have a lawsuit on your hand, not only a lawsuit, but in a circumstance that is publicized on a national basis. Well, yeah, that's one of the interesting things here. She sued and is seeking damages. She's also seeking to be rehired by Starbucks. This is, like I said, this is somebody that likes <laughs> Starbucks so much. She loves, yeah, she wants to work there. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, too, another thing with that whole, the tattoo policy, I mean, they seemed like they tried to pin it on that, but then they scrapped the policy. And so... I'm not sure exactly what their reasoning is for ultimately terminating her. It sounds like she might have missed a meeting after she received a negative review and they're kind of going that route. But and it's unclear whether the, whether that's what she's saying that originally they hired her or fired her because of her tattoos or something or I'm not sure if I'm getting a clear you know, window to the facts, mm -hmm. but that's definitely the allegation. Yeah. And that's why I was saying there's a discrepancy in what the underlying facts are. And a spokesperson for Starbucks sounds like someone in their corporate offices was very confident saying that about this lawsuit saying Starbucks has won awards for compliance with the Americans with Disabilities Act, uh, including for ASL interpretation. So mm -hmm. they feel pretty good about it. And like I said, uh, as much as I dislike Starbucks, it's hard to pin this on the company as a whole in like you were saying it's more could be an issue of a rogue manager coming in and saying i don't want to do this i don't feel like it's necessary i don't care you know what was happening before this is what i'm going to do yeah I, I and i tend to believe starbucks in the sense of their culture i i think that probably sounds right but again just because they have a great culture a great program and policy and how they treat the deaf community, et cetera, creating a, what they say a deaf-friendly environment, that doesn't necessarily mean that what 
this particular employee is saying is not true either. And and that's what it comes down to. And 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 frankly, this is tough stuff. I just can't imagine on a managerial level, no matter how much training you provide, that you can really 100% prevent this stuff. I mean, it's, I think even lawyers, unless they're dealing with this on a very daily basis, has trouble with this because there's so much ambiguity and so many different factors that you have to look at, not only dealing with people that are deaf, but any kind of disability, both physical or mental. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, and this could just be this poorly worded detail of the facts, but it's saying that she relied on printed work schedules that the manager provided to report to work on time. And then the new store manager refused to give her a printed work schedule and required her to read from a posted list. But when you say they refused to print it out, that honestly, it, it begs me to question, like, did they really refuse or was she like, oh, can you print this out for me? He's, oh, this should be fine. And then that's it. Right. And because the fact that like, what's the big deal? In other words, either it was so easy that the manager refusing to do it is, you know, violating the law. Or on the other hand, it was so easy it seems hard to think that he would refuse to do so. So, I mean, it can go either way, depending upon who you're arguing for. Right, and that's why I said it might just be the way it's worded. To her, there's maybe a huge difference between printing it off and reading from a list that's somewhere else. So, yeah. But yeah, it's it's tough. Call. I mean, for <laughs> what's considered reasonable to accommodate her, it could be a tough call for, even if you get training on it, I think that you mentioned that, even if the manager gets training, it's still a difficult call to make on these situations. Well, it's funny. We've dealt with Starbucks in so many different ways. I mean, we've dealt with them with uh, service dogs, allowing animals in the, in the property. We've dealt with them with tattoos. Didn't they have a no gun policy? I'm not sure if we actually covered that in a podcast or in an article. I can't remember. I think we did, yeah. Apparently, that they're like a topic of conversation or go-to company for legal issues. And not to say it again, but it's you can create all the policies you want. It's more of the following the policy that's really going to make or break it from a legal perspective. Yep, no doubt. All right, well, I'm finally done with my Jolly Rancher, so... <laughs> can tell the episode's done but yeah you could tell the episode's done i can now speak clearly without anything in my mouth so i appreciate your everyone's time thanks for joining us yep keep it sound keep it smart this has been the legally sound smart business show with your hosts nasser pasha and matt stop the legally sound smart business show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.